Hi everyone and welcome to Play on K, the Korean drama podcast with Emily and Raquel. And this is a show where we take a K-drama and we watch it four episodes at a time and then we get together here every week to talk about those four episodes. This week we are doing our bonus episode, which is the final episode we do after we've reviewed all of the show and we just go back and we talk about other viewer comments and what other people thought about it. If listeners write in, we include that. And this week, we also happen to have a guest on again, second K-drama in a row that our friend Manuel watched it with us, and we wanted to get his opinion on it. So Manuel is here as well. Hey, everybody. (laughs) So, hi, (laughs) Manuel. um, I want to start the top of the show. Uh, I have an important question for you. As a viewer, did you find it really weird that the main character, the female lead, had your same name? I mean, I didn't... It was always hard to figure out how she... Like, how it was pronounced. I didn't really recognize it as my own name. But every single time, like, you were talking about it, whenever we did watch together and you'd reference that character, I... Like, I immediately perked up. I'm like, that's my name. I do straight up say her name as if it was your name. I even when, spread out. <laughs> even when I try to, yeah, like, put emphasis, a different emphasis on the vowel sounds, it just, it's almost like I make it worse. Like, I make it just sound like I'm saying Manuel in the world's stupidest way. <laughs> <laughs> But no, not during the show. Just anytime you referenced it, I was like, oh, wait, what? (laughs) Yeah, I feel like watching the drama, you can't super hear when they say people's names. And you mostly see it written. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So it's like, that's not even close to Manuel. But then, yeah, we say it in our good, good, dumb accent. (laughs) Sounds very similar. Yeah, Manuel. (laughs) (laughs) (sighs) Cute. Um, did you love this drama as much as we did? I think so. It was so good. I mean, you watched it all in two weeks like we did. Yeah. Yeah, it was, it was two weeks because you guys are recording sometimes twice a week. And there's only 16 episodes. Mm-hmm. So that is only two weeks. <laughs> Pumping them out. Yeah. <laughs> That's what it's like to live the podcast life. Welcome. Dragging you, kicking oh, and screaming. It, it was... Yeah, it was stressful, but, it, like, it was still a good show. I did skip, like, the first five, ten minutes of the first episode to catch up. Were you so. super confused about why she owned uh, yep. a hotel? Mm-hmm. Just, like, the whole time? <laughs> you can't... What? The first part of the first... Ep- you can skip middle episodes. That's the rules. Those are where things get fluffy. I was trying so hard to catch up. Oh, my God. And I know now. Did the little... So... Was the little boy ever in those first five minutes? No. Okay, then we're fine. There were <laughs> Wait, no what children. little boy? The little boy who was reincarnated as manager. Manager. Oh, Goo. I mean, he was little manager Goo was in the first few minutes of the first episode. Oh. Right. I do but, remember seeing. I did. Okay. Yeah, like in modern the, like time. the first reincarnation. Yeah. Okay, but no, yeah, he wasn't back in Monwell's time. That was a big reveal. Got it. So, um. I, yeah, there was a lot of back and forth on this show. (laughs) Manuel 
Paul is making us notes as we speak. Oh, they're my notes. <laughs> who the uh, characters are. So if it makes you feel better, Manuel, we pretty much, or rather Emily does this throughout the whole show. And I just um, don't ever get the names right. So Em has notes, <laughs> and she always gets the names right. I get the names consistently wrong throughout the whole K-drama, and you're like a fun mixture where you do notes on the fly as we say them out loud. It's fun, though, because I call him Manager Gu. I don't know his name. Oh, his name is Gu Chansong. Gu Chansong. And I only call him Chansong. <laughs> I just use okay, the I'm respectful... Down. Sorry. Yeah. Uh, you only get three notes because you have to stop typing. <laughs> Sorry. <Yeah. laughs> okay, I'll put it on my phone so you're not typing. Okay. <laughs> I forgot how loud things can get. Alright, we're good. I'm ready for everything. <laughs> we're ready. Just review all the names right off the top so that we know. <laughs> I actually don't know Mrs. Che's name. Yeah, me neither. If that helps. I think it Is does that? say it. Room manager Che. Oh. It's spelled chua, if you want a more phonetic <laughs> spelling. And I think for years we pronounced it somewhere like chua. Chua. And that's fine. I think I or always... Fine. I think I said choi. Whenever also, um, I, yeah. They, they don't tell you the actual... They tell you the actor's name, but not the name of the character yeah. they were playing. So that doesn't You have help. to go to Asian Wiki. They have a list of pictures, characters, and actors. They're the that best. I'm ready. I didn't know that was a thing. Also, I might just start printing off notes at the top of every show, if that's a thing, though. I have a double screen set up, so it's a pretty pretty cush life over here. <laughs> so I always have the, the actors pulled up and their little character names. I never know the actors because I have face blindness, so it's not <laughs> like it's super helpful. <laughs> Something I found uh, out. Okay. I'm ready. I'm ready. <laughs> you ready? You got the list? Yeah, I got the list. So we were talking about how weird it was that they had like a little post credit scene on the episode 16, and I saw online that that actor, I don't remember his name, Homeboy, just got out of the service, and so that was like his first acting job after oh. coming back and so oh. it was like a big deal that they got him for the last five minutes and to me don't do that like this is a show that we all took very seriously don't just be like we wanted to be the first to get him after he came back so he doesn't have a part he Dips. just kind of spoils it if we never have a season two like well, i wonder if that was like a really really big reveal for like the fans that were waiting for him to get back and maybe they're just yeah you know filling their time with a k-drama in the in-between uh yeah since i can't watch his party pooper yeah but like that's fun for them to be like oh he's back our boy yeah, like, can you imagine if it was, um, I'm trying to think of a really good example, like, if they had, uh, put Ji Chang-wook in there at the very end, at, at the end of his service, which I think, okay, stop me, tell me if I'm wrong here, he's done with his service, right? Yeah, okay. I think he did Melting Me Softly after he came back. You're right, I forgot, he's done a K-drama since he got back. Everybody, <laughs> Ji Chang-wook's back, you heard it first here <laughs> on Play on K. <laughs> You heard it here first, guys. We are on top of this. Yeah, big bummer. Melty Me Softly was his first King drama back, and it 
was kind of a flop. Oh, That's no. fine. Yeah. Maybe we'll... I, I want to say maybe we'll have to review it, but now I'm afraid. I feel like I have Ji Chang Wook bias, and I would just <laughs> love it anyway, because he's in it. I did a review of it on our Patreon, if you want to read it. Ooh. Check it out. Um, Manuel, Ji Chang Wook is a healer. You'll, you'll know him yeah, best as healer. Okay, just check <laughs> Just do I it. remember the name because I think that's the only one that like comes out of your mouth like the most frequently <laughs> in any convers in most conversations that we have about K dramas. Yeah, it comes up at least a couple times. True. So I do have that name memorized as Healer. That's what Jason's at. <laughs> <laughs> like the only actor I know. But I did like I did like Manuel a lot more <gasps> than the the main actress in Healer. Did you? Yeah. Yeah. yeah if we're doing like compare fierce, and contrast. Like a fierce character. Yeah, I did. I actually really liked Manuel. She was Manuel. very badass. I was here for her from beginning to end. She was in her own league, and she did not stop. And that's pretty cool. Different than most other female leads that we see in K-dramas. Yeah, I've been watching, um, or I, I guess I've been watching is not the right terminology. I did watch... Uh, clip like an edit edited clip of the episode of running man that she's in for those of you listening that don't know running man including manuel it's like a korean game show uh where they have like famous people on and even i my understanding of it is pretty nebulous but what i can sort of get from it is it's like sort of like a scavenger hunt like and and the players go up against each other to like I don't know. There seems to be, like, some interesting social dynamics with it as well, but I have no clue what was happening, and I was laughing the whole time. She was really funny on it, and she was obviously having the time of her life. It was super cute. I like IU a lot. I'll have to look it up. I really like Running Man. It's a variety show. Okay. Yep. Killing it. I don't think we have those in America. Not really. Yeah. It's kind of its own thing over here in Asia. But uh, they're great, and I love Running Man, and I will have to watch that. It's on Vicky, so... Yeah. I'm also excited to check out Lee Dong-wook's show on, as a side note. It's really easy to get <sighs> sidetracked in these bonus episodes, but it's yeah. It's so easy, because let me tell... Uh, his show has gotten such mint reviews. I don't even know. I'm excited to watch it, but I'm so worried now. Anyways, this show is real good. Uh <laughs> <laughs> Glad we all agree. Yes. And everyone everywhere also agrees. Yes. In fact, I have a 10-star rating from Vicky that I wanted to read off that uh, we can just start at the top with a 10-star. Yeah. See where this episode takes us. I don't envision there being anything less than 10 stars, but let's see what happens. Um, this comment made me laugh. I didn't read it all the way through, so it's going to get tricky here. Like, things could get dicey. Uh, but I read the beginning and the end, and both are solid, so let's see what happens. It's on Vicky, like I said, which is out of, um, the ratings are out of 10 stars on Vicky, and this person gave it a 10 out of 10, and their name is VicPB2010 underscore 749. Nice, clean username. (laughs) (laughs) We're rating usernames today, so everybody get ready. Killing it, VicPB. 
Um, and they said, this is so beautifully done on every level. In my fairly long life, I've come to a conclusion that whether a short story or epic saga, there's a rare category of storytelling that succeeds in staying with us because we connect to it directly beyond a mere engaged or curious observer. Hotel de Luna is one of these gems. I did not start to watch expecting the lingering longing to revisit it many times over, like a tattered precious book. Why? There are so many ways one could connect with it, because it's a universe rich with characters at different stages in life, needs, and spectrum of resolutions. I quickly found myself trusting the journey and letting go of fears like cloying cliches, predictability, and even dread of many ways series could conclude. Trusting authors and their vision no matter what they had in mind. It hit some nerves. Will be different for everyone. It even forced me to resolve an old issue and how timely. Two floating leaves are a direct reference emoji. Prepare for another. I'm profoundly unexpectedly grateful to everyone involved in this project, from the writers and actors, production visionaries, to the unsung heroes of timely translations. This is so much more than a mere visual feast or an elaborate pretty story. Um, and then they they do go on to just say that the author stated out there are no plans for a season two, but watch past the ending credits. The point is, it's an an eternal cycle. So, like, they called out that, like, yeah, there isn't gonna be a season two. Big bummer. But... Here's why they did it. Anyway, I thought that was a really nice review. I liked how personal this review got, because... Yeah. Yeah. They obviously loved the show on a really, really personal level. Manuel made a really confused face. I'm waiting for you to say something like, I guess I don't get it. (laughs) No, it was great. Sorry, I was just thinking a lot about, I don't know. So one of the things that did stand out was, like, the outfits and... No, no, yeah, like I started thinking of all the little short stories that they fit for a lot of the ghosts that were in the hotel, especially towards the end. Yeah. They, we finally got to figure out all three of the workers' main stories or why they were there, still there. Yeah. And they had their different resolutions, and they were so satisfying. And I like that she said every story is like, uh, we'll touch someone else, and it'll touch them in different ways. Like, it will speak to you at different points in your life, and it will speak to everyone in different ways. And I feel that. I feel that. I didn't connect to every single story the same way, but some of them, soul crushing, just bawled my eyes out. Good to know I wasn't alone in that. (laughs) Yeah, did you have, like, a favorite short story or, like, a, I guess, like, a favorite um, resolution that, that... they confronted in this show, Manuel? So, I did think the bartender's story was probably one of the saddest. Like, he was so proud of, like, the work and, like, everything, but they just wrote it off because it wasn't appropriate. But it's just what he saw, and he told it really well. And it's just, like, this old man, he's, like, you know, nearing the... He's, like, the second half of his life, and he's getting, like, crap thrown at him, and he's just, like, no one else is standing up for him, and it was just, like, very publicly humiliated... And I don't know why that was so sad. Maybe because he's older. Like, I get, like, the pregnant lady. That was obviously, like, super sad. Like, obviously more heartbreaking. But I don't know why this old man getting hit in the face with books was, like, worse. I don't know. That's a good pick. That's a real good pick. (laughs) Yeah. No, it was devastating. It was... It. I think it's one of those things where everybody kind of wants to protect those... I don't know... You just want to protect him, especially because he's a little bit older. So, yeah, it was like a, 
it was heartbreaking and and you had to wait so long to even know what his story was yeah and then, and then like you said people throw things at him there's a book that hits him right in the face oh. yeah that made me really mad actually <laughs> <laughs> and then his dad dies because he was depressed i thought that was kind of very harsh yeah a- and he was just like outcasted everywhere oh that was a good pick that is a good pick i think i didn't uh like i really liked that one i don't think i connected with it as much as some of the other ones so i like your perspective i appreciate coming back to it and dwelling on uh how dark it was i don't think his resolution was really like the most satisfying that's fair i felt like his resolution was abrupt we kind of talked about it in our last episode we recorded um but like yeah it just like it it felt like it was all one episode that we even learned what happened to him and then he was like done he was happy he found his resolution it was so quick and then all of a sudden we were saying goodbye to scholar kim and it was like oh shit (laughs) he's really good friends with the death angel (laughs) yeah yeah the grim goodbyes there Wow, we didn't talk about where's, the Grim Reaper at all last week. Where's the, like, cold beer? Like, he's having a cold beer with him, and, like, where's the backstory on that? I'm like, how are they good friends? Like, 700 years. 700 years of cracking open a cold <laughs> one with the boys. You keep saying 700. I think it's 500. Yeah. Are you sure? I think the other one was 700. I, I thought they said the other, together the it was 700, because he is five, and... Che was two. Well, it's been two solid episodes that I've been saying 700, and damn it. Honestly, does it make a difference? No. <laughs> no. Come at us. Come at us. Yeah, it was a whirlwind. He was. We found out all these things about him, and then they were confronted. There was some drama about it, and then it was resolved. And then he left. <laughs> Goodbye forever. Goodbye forever. I hope you enjoyed your 90 minutes. Like, I know 90 minutes is a full movie, and that's plenty of time to go through Scholar Kim's entire storyline, but compared to the rest of the show, it was short. It's too short for our Scholar Kim. Yeah, all of the other characters were extremely dynamic as well, and because of how short his storyline was, it made the course of his storyline feel very static. Mm. Until that very last bit. But what a good story it was. What a good resolution. I'm satisfied. Yeah. I want to know what your favorite little storyline was. What was your favorite ghost story? Um, My favorite ghost story was The Bride, actually. <gasps> what? That was mine. Oh my mm-hmm. god, we're the same person. <sighs> Twins. Yeah, no. Um, I think that was one of the first full... Well, no, we also got the blind ghosts, and she was, like, the first ghost that he ever sent off. But um, I thought that it was a really profound point that they made that sometimes it makes more strength to let go than to hold on. Like, that was so... It was so heartbreaking, especially because you think that maybe something's gonna work out for her, or maybe, like... It was almost one of those things where they convinced me it wouldn't be so bad if her sick, like, her ailing boyfriend went with her into the afterlife. And maybe that makes me a monster upon my own self-reflection, looking back. But, like, yeah, looking back over the course of these little ghost stories, I think I was the most touched by the moment she was able to, like, push him away and let go of him. That was really, I think, poignant. It, It made a really poignant moment and and 
like it was artful the way they physically cut the string cgi yeah i think that had a really poignant climax to the story but overall that story by itself was really really well done there were so many twists and turns as you find out more and more about her and then you find out it's not her parents and you find out she does have a fiance already and then they're gonna be together and you're sort of happy and then they're not together and wow just what a roller coaster right there really compacted into one episode and that is really really beautifully done yeah something that I think that story for sure uh, illustrated, but then stories continued. The more we got into it, they continued to illustrate throughout the drama that um, they weren't afraid to give you a less than happy ending. Yeah. If it meant that the story was a good story, I guess. W- wow, what a what a good w- artful way to put it. I am a poet. <laughs> The story was a good story. Even though it was sometimes sad. Story was story, but sad. Yep. I'm still messed up over the ghost that got uh, dissolved by the angry god. The angry face of god. There's a lot to be messed up over. What? We do need to talk about how cool their... um, What's the word I'm looking for? They're like... How they represented god in this K-drama... Because I'm obsessed with it. Also, I second that. What are your feelings, Manuel? I didn't catch on right away that there was like four different. Like I'm still trying to put together what each one was. Obviously, it was really it was pretty obvious which one the the death one was, but the other or the other ones were kind of more like Ambiguous. it looks like the responsibilities were more spread out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It took me a while, but I was able to at least like of the. F- five or six that we saw and then like the four ones that were mostly in the present day like the most common four or i guess it's yes four sorry had to think about that one had to count my gods um i i was like most confused about the role of the god who was creating the moon (gasps) the herbalist yeah yeah the herbalist god and exactly what role hers was as god that one was tricky for me to suss out because there was the god who was like bonds and connection and like human i guess interaction with each other the pink one um yeah the pink one and then there was the god the like merciful god that sent people to the afterlife and then there was the merciless god that sent people to the afterlife those are two grim reapers right yeah okay and then there was like the god of fortune and favor and then there was the god of <laughs> That's the one Manuel pokes in the stomach. That's very cute. Yeah. Pokes in the little tum tum. Little tum. Um, and then yeah, there was the beggar god in the past, but the one that oh, I struggled yeah. with was the herbalist god, and I guess like what she meant for like as a god. That one was, was tricky for to? me. Yeah, so it's just mixing. Yeah, she played a role. I just don't. She was just the drug god. <laughs> Yikes. <laughs> but so going back to that the pink god yeah so she gave the scissors to cut the connection to mm-hmm. uh chang Sung, and then isn't that his name 
Oh, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. She did. Right. I forgot she gave them to him later. Okay, yeah, yeah. And then he returns them, but like, what would have happened? It didn't seem like. I don't know what the point of him giving the scissors back added to the story. He just, she just gave him something else. Like you can, I can get you one wish kind of thing. I think, I think that overall, what those like little moments were trying to prove were that they, I guess his love for Manuel was something that he didn't feel he had to just endure and he would give up thanks to a gift from God. Cause there were multiple, like all of the gods were trying to teach him how to let her go. But yeah, I think constantly, yeah, I think in the end, it wasn't so much him needing to, I think he felt like he didn't need to that really to move on or to, to cope with the sadness or the pain. He was like a really emotionally strong character. Yeah. So yeah. I, I did he, start to like him more and more. Yeah. I was at the very beginning. I'm like, he's not the healer. He's not this badass guy or, cool <laughs> guy. but I think I ended up liking him more, way more at the end. Yeah, he was kind of a weenie baby at the first, if I'm being honest. But they played it very comically, so it was, I don't know, it it fared well. It wasn't annoying, I guess. Yeah. It was mostly fun. There can only be one badass, and her name is Manuel. Yeah. But she was so mean to him, and <laughs> sent the other guy to kill, sent the um, the guy that cursed him to kill him before the moon, because he gave her that pendant, or she gave him a pendant. Of the moon, so you can be uh, like a, a vengeful ghost. Mm. Do you know what I'm talking about? Oh, uh, and are we talking about like the last episodes where she curses the hair ornament and okay. feeds it to the demon serial killer ghost? Yeah, but he doesn't eat it, but yet he's somehow strong because he still had the pennant, the hair pennant. It wasn't yeah. like eating. So was he like a vengeful ghost or was he just I think he was a vengeful ghost. Um I guess like I didn't understand maybe it was like a difference in translation or something cuz he I think he was stronger with it. Like he didn't he clearly hadn't eaten it. Um yeah, that's a good spot. Good catch cuz I don't know. He he was able to just like throw it away and like thank god cuz um manager Goo was able to trick him that was a really cool part where he I did like that he straight up conned a serial killer demon but it was like Good it job. was her fault she she didn't care at that point whether she lived or not yeah because if he still held held on to it and he died through the merciful merciless god she would have also died you know mm-hmm. i thought i didn't like that at all i was just like why like <laughs> she didn't trust them Oh, I thought it was so good, though. It was, like, Yeah! I mean, it was good, but it was frustrating. I was here for that level of drama that it brought. That pettiness that comes with a thousand years of resentment. Yeah. (laughs) She was so deeply flawed, and I was so proud of those flaws for not just disappearing because we wanted them to. But I, yeah, it did fucking suck to watch her do that. I will agree with you. It was like, oh... Damn it. But it was so good. It was that tasty, mmm, give me, mmm, I'll take it, yes. Waft that drama into my face. I'm here for it. <laughs> give it to me. Draw me in it. I hate it, and I love it. But yeah, they were true to the character the whole time, so I ain't mad at it. Mm-mm. I have a review as well. Okay. Do you want to hear it? 
Yeah, I'm ready for it. Okay, it's from my drama list, so it's a little lengthy, and I agree with... mm, I have read one paragraph of, like, four, so I disagree with that whole paragraph, but we'll see if I start to agree later. Hmm. Okay, this is from Rochelle on my drama list. Overall, 8 out of 10. Story, 6 out of 10. Acting, 9 out of 10. Music, 10 out of 10. Rewatch value, 5 out of 10. If ghost stories lie within your watching preferences, perhaps you would have a better time with Hotel de Luna. As for myself, I was not a fan of the overall plot. It came off as tad as a tad too shallow. For one, there's a severe imbalance between plot filler, which is how I classify every individual ghost story, each of which occupies 80% of each episode, and the truly interesting main plot, which falls off to the wayside. Unless you enjoy brief appearances of random guest ghosts, You'll probably end up like me, sitting through over an hour's worth of time per episode, helplessly asking when the Hong sisters will address Manuel's story, which is rarely, until you cross the halfway point of the entire show. What the writers do with Manuel's history, when it is addressed, feels lackluster, if only due to all the unnecessary time buildup prior to it. The real problem is that we are hardly given reasons to care about each visiting ghost in any major emotional capacity. Sorry, I won't laugh. Although they have interesting stories, it's a bit like walking down a city sidewalk. You see someone with a pretty wardrobe, ooh at it for a second, and then forget your appreciative impressions of it an hour later. Maybe it seems as if I'm being cold-hearted, but as much as the Hong sisters try to emphasize that these ghosts were human with human sufferings, the way the show frequently relies on shock value and horror elements over the ghost's pain and healing resulted in me not being able to build true sympathy for these souls. Imagine repeating this apathy for every episode. It's exhausting trying to force an emotional connection. We're halfway there. Okay. The only saving grace of Hotel de Luna is Manuel. The way IU represents her character's conflicting ego and heart is as poignant as it is mysterious, and she executes the identity of a CEO with a low economic IQ with hilarity. Had it not been for this quirkiness of Manuel's character, I would not have stuck around until the end. And that's despite my love for Yojin Gu. Although his acting is excellent as always, Chan Sung is a perfect example of a supporting character who hides behind the guise of being a main character. There's only one protagonist in this story, her name being Manuel. There's nothing wrong with this, but it is a bit of a letdown that everyone else has the potential to be equally interesting, yet doesn't get nearly enough development. Chan Sung, for example, is a nobody. Beyond pushing Manuel to address her emotional wounds, he doesn't possess the individualism that a lead character should have. This means that while the interactions between him and Manuel may be compelling to watch, the moment that you isolate Chan Sung away from her, he devolves into a character who's mediocre at best and painfully boring at worst. Seeing as I view Chan Sung like this, that should give you a pretty good idea of what I think about the other supporting characters. Meh. That all being said, I can see the reasons behind the hype. I just wouldn't say that they're justified. Gorgeous cinematography, a cast list riddled with famous names, and an amazing soundtrack are all great assets to have within a drama. If future shows could continue Hotel de Luna's ability to create an effective atmosphere, I would have zero complaints. But what use is all of it if the show at its core doesn't match up to the level of its decorations? Hotel de Luna is almost sadly entertaining, and then it may be fun in the moment but doesn't leave a deep enough impression to be phenomenal. I said I wouldn't laugh, and then I laughed, and I'm sorry. (laughs) Rochelle, 104 people found this review helpful. 
You did fine. You wrote a thing. Okay. Yeah. I mean, there's a lot to unpack there. And one thing I'm proud of is the fact that sometimes I worry that when someone's a good writer, that they can convince me of anything. Mm. And I'm really glad to find out that my opinions are a little bit stronger than that. Because Rochelle, you're a great writer. Spot on. Delivered from beginning to end. What I would say was, yeah, it was well delivered. I have so many disagreements, though. I have so many. Yeah, there's almost a lot to unpack. Almost disagree with this. <laughs> yeah, almost. There is, um, I do want to start out with the one thing I really, really loved about this review is that it called out that the Hong sisters created this K-drama, which if you guys are longtime listeners of the shows, show this show, the podcast. And a long-time watcher of K-dramas, um, a couple of ones that we have done on the podcast that have been created by the Hong sisters include You're Beautiful, which is surprising because You're Beautiful is very different from what we have here in Hotel <laughs> de Luna. And then also, very surprisingly, Huayugi, or A Korean Odyssey, is what it's also known as, which... Hotel de Luna was so reminiscent of Huayugi for me in in a lot of ways, so that like totally tracks. So thank you, Rochelle, for pointing out the fact that the Hong sisters have once again fucking delivered. Thank you, Hong sisters. Always good, always on point. Mm-hmm. But everything else, I mean, I'm gonna say I never analyzed Chun Sung very much. Yeah. She almost has me convinced that he's a side character masquerading as a main character. You Actually, you're not wrong. I'll mull over that one. <laughs> yeah, I want to chew on that one as well. I Actually, I think now that you say that, because uh, looking back, I just wasn't super interested in him. And she's right that when you isolate him from his interactions with Manuel, I can't really remember him bringing a lot to the table. Which is to say he grows... I think it's hard because most of his storyline revolves around him entering this new world and how he adjusts to it. So to say, like, when he's on his own, he doesn't really have his own, like, personal life. He mostly just finds more ghosts and brings them to the hotel is fair and valid. But I think that was done intentionally to say, like, he can't live his life anymore without interacting with ghosts. So, yeah, that's the world that Manuel has brought him into, but it's also his personal reaction to it. I don't know. Like I said, I'll mull over it. It's an interesting point. I'm not quite convinced, but I'm not quite ready to defend him until the death. Yeah. Fair. There wasn't there wasn't much that they brought up with him outside of it. So the one I can clearly remember is when he stood up for Sanchez, but that was like very quick. So I kind of can see where she's coming, where the commenter is coming from. Yeah. Or we didn't even also we also don't know much about like his relationship with his ex that's not dating the cop or got married to the cop or whatever. Yeah. They didn't bring up like all those small like connections on why he's such good friends with all these people. But, yeah, but would would that have added to the show? Like, you can't throw him under the bus if it doesn't really matter. Like, we all just have friends. They were like, they went to school in the States together. You don't have to give me flashbacks of that. Yeah, I do feel like, sorry, I feel like it would have definitely added a little bit more 
to it to have more of his, I guess, like, something that tethered him into the world a little bit more besides Manuel, I guess. Like, his motivations, it's like one day he wasn't motivated to be good at all, and then the next day he helped a blind girl and he was like, oh no, actually, this is the only job I ever want to do, ever. Like, I'm, now I'm ghost boy, ready to help ghosts. Like, if there had been, maybe, I don't know, I guess there was, like, some growth into the world, though, because there was the blind ghost that he realized was just someone who needed help, and as soon as he was willing to, like, stop being scared of her and start treating her like a lost soul, then he was able to grow a little bit, and then I think he grew a little bit more with the tiger storyline, but then I feel like that was the last storyline we saw a substantial amount of, like, growth. It's hard to say. It's hard to say. I think he was played as a hotelier. Like, he lives to serve and he loves to help. And if he can see things from that perspective, then it helps him cope with any fears. But also, it's just his story of falling in love. He doesn't grow super much besides just falling in love for the first time. Yeah. We gotta rewatch and just focus on I do have a question. What? Related to him. So this all happened because the dad threw him under the bus. Yeah. Right? So what it it seems like he was still gonna be destined to be this hotel manager. So like what if there's another inter- like would there have been another interaction that would have put him back on this path to go to Hotel de Luna if the dad didn't sacrifice himself or sacrifice his son. I don't know. <laughs> I say yes. I say yes due to precisely one part that they didn't establish until the 11th hour of this K-drama, but it was the top of the final episode that they um, gave us that moment of him as a child in his like former incarnation, that he was the one that taught Manuel what the lore behind the Inn of the Moon was, and that was what set off all of these events. So it's one of those things where I do think he was fated to to end up where he was, but they kept that completely ambiguous, like, that it could have been just about anyone, and it was just that God happened to meet him one night and like him or something or like know but that's something. That's the thing, right? Like God does in this show consistently. God didn't just happen to like do anything. I thought they did a great job of being like the God of Death take you, and then kind of like you said, it was the great thing behind that childhood flashback is that you see that he's been chosen for a th- over a thousand years. So it wasn't random that that god was like, you should get flowers for your birthday. And then the dad tried to get him flowers for his birthday. It all ties together so seamlessly. (laughs) Or like maybe he would have a different incarnation after his life as this Harvard student passed away. Like after he passed away, like a different incarnation. But it had maybe some kind of like similar interaction where he'd end up coming back to the Hotel de Luna. And the only difference is Manuel would be... I've been there 80 years longer or however long this guy would have left yeah. or lived. Yeah, maybe these gods have tried to get him in every lifetime and he just avoids them. <laughs> He's dodging gods <laughs> like bullets in the Matrix. Can't get me. I'm not going to your hotel. <laughs> but I've, yeah, I think there was also the little 
tidbits about other managers where when we first got to the hotel there was a manager there and then eventually another manager came back who's like running for freaking city council or something <laughs> so that was kind people, of a mystery people work there and people become successful by working there so i think he would have maybe been drawn into the hotel under more normal pretenses if he wasn't sold there as a child they might have just been like this is the best hotel in seoul like you should work here and he would have been like i deserve that yes and then i went to a to work there yeah seems like a normal storyline he seems like the type to work at the only the best yeah those harvard business types don't we know so many of those freaking harvard snobs just kidding Good job on getting into Harvard if you're listening to the podcast. Thanks for listening. <laughs> Thanks for listening. We're really proud of you. A little bit jealous, but also not because your life seems very hard <laughs> and that you work very hard for the, your dreams to be achieved. Good for you, Harvard kids, and good for you, kids who didn't go to Harvard. Good for everyone. Thanks for being here today. <laughs> Thanks for joining us. But yeah, I... Wow, this... Uh, this comment actually brought up more turmoil than I was expecting, because now I'm just flip-flopping back and forth trying to decide exactly, uh, what his character meant to the show. Like, what, uh, Chun Sung's character brought to the show that it, like, would not have been the same show without him, you know? Yeah. I think that maybe his ability to, his single-minded ability to see the best in people was what made him so important to the show. Yeah. And that was a consistent character trait that they gave him. That uh, maybe it's not the world's most interested character trait, because we do... I, th I think we do love flaws, as made apparent by my, like, worship of Manuel, who is insane, but I love her. But uh, at the same time, yeah, like, it's definitely one of those things that almost seems too good to be true, but he really was a person that could see the best in everybody, and it drove the plot forward and was the saving grace for a lot of crazy fucking ghosts. Mm -hmm. Also, speaking of those crazy ghosts, do not come at me calling them useless. <laughs> yeah. I'm sorry, if you think those are distracting from what the show could have been, then you didn't understand the show. Yeah. Because they brought in all of the themes, and they we learned along the way thanks to those ghosts. I'm sorry, Rochelle. I don't mean to come at you so viciously. <laughs> I just think you missed the point a little bit, and the ghosts helped so much more than you got. And I hope that you rewatch the show, and you get into your feelings, and you connect. Do you think the side plot ghosts were necessary, Manuel? Yeah, I don't know if they were necessary, but I did, like, seeing all these different stories. I don't know. It just added to these little, like, different ways of how you think about life or, like, these struggles that other people go through that you might not go, that might not have experienced or ever thought about. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. They brought little side plots in. I think they... I don't know. I think they helped with pacing. We mentioned it in a past episode of the podcast, but, like, these little digestible side plots where we learn more about the human condition and human reactions to the afterlives as told in these little um like these little stories i think that they made they brought just the right amount of focus off of the main plot that gave the main plot its own space to grow 
instead of being forced along uh, to make twists and turns that are unnecessary, because I think that that happens a lot in K-dramas, where it's like, do it for the drama. Make it fucking crazy. Yeah, too much focus on the main characters leads Mm -hmm. you to having to make them have so much drama within their relationship. It's tiring, and I hate it. Keep the drama outside the relationship. That's what we always say. That's what we always say, because if it's inside of the relationship, then you stop rooting for the relationship because it seems too toxic to hope for. (laughs) I think my least favorite interaction or ghost story was the water god. That one was a little bit weird. It felt a little off topic. Yeah, I didn't understand, because there was only one, because the beggar I don't think is one. It was the only god that ever... Yeah, that's fair. It was very random. Would it have been less random if it were played by one of the grandmas? Maybe. <laughs> Maybe. Oh, you know who that was, though? Um, I don't know the actor's name, but I recognized him right away. Uh, he played the teenage, like, the younger counterpart to the main character of While You Were Sleeping. Like, when he was a kid. Wow. He played young, um, what's the actor's name? Babyface, beautiful babyface. Beautiful babyface. He's does he have a a wooshik? Uh, who is that? <laughs> Not wooshik, but the other one. Um, oh, I did remember a name. That's pretty from good. From W, though. yeah, from W. Uh, the actor's name Lee Jong Suk. Yeah, Lee Jong Suk. Um, he beautiful played babyface. the young Lee Jong Suk in While You Were Sleeping. I didn't even recognize him. I don't know why I remembered his face so well, but as soon as I saw him, I was like, oh, he's all grown up. Look at him. <laughs> I, okay, the guy who played Chung Myung, the ex boyfriend from the past, is in a show called uh, 30 But 17. It's also got a million other names, but I could not stop looking at his sweet baby face because he also <laughs> plays teenage brother. Don't play teenagers, because I will never see you as anything but a sweet little baby. Just a tiny little baby that we love and protect. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, But yeah, that's an interesting point about the water god. I think I completely forgot about him, because (laughs) he existed only to give Chansung a little bit of a push, being like, your deepest fear is that Manuel will disappear. But I think we kind of already knew that. Yeah, we didn't need him for that, really. You just had to spell it out for the people in the back, which for once <laughs> was not me. <laughs> we needed that less than those winemakers need you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there was no good resolution for that city. <laughs> just no more wine is the resolution. Manuel was like, oh, that's a damn shame. And I guess that was the thing, is they were like, mm, they'll make wine, it just won't be as good. Like, don't worry about these people, they're gonna be fine. It just won't be as famous throughout Korea for its top quality. A bummer, but no real consequence either. So yeah. I guess sixes. Just came out even. So yeah. what's the point? You know, you're right, Manuel, that was... A- Get off our show, Manuel. <laughs> <laughs> this... This show is perfect. <laughs> you can't find flaws with it. You can't come in here and be like, excuse me. Do you remember that weird episode with the water guy? <laughs> no, Manuel's I don't. here playing devil's advocate. We're over here just straight up worshipping this show. And Manuel's like, wait, 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 wait. 
Do you remember that water guy, though? <laughs> remember the water guy? Were there other guys that were just gods of other things? Don't. The coffee goat. Uh, coffee god? The coffee god. Coffee god. Coffee ghost. He starts bringing the coffee. Raining <laughs> down upon the hotel. I love coffee ghosts too much. I want to do one last... I know this episode's going to get real long if we keep uh, going forever, but I do want to do one last, like, check-in, I guess. It feels like a check-in or just like a touch topic. I'm not saying I have this opinion. I'm just curious if y'all have this opinion. My dog just decided to drink water right now while we were trying (laughs) to, you know, like, get in on this last minute, so I'm just going to, like, wait for him to finish. Okay. There's so much buildup. I'm super stoked to hear what's gonna what's gonna come. <laughs> Do you think that the fact that she had her love in the past, um, like her her like ex boyfriend that she wanted to kill? Do you think a that maybe was a little bit better of a romance? And b Do you think it makes it less romantic? Because she had a great love from the past, even if it ended badly. Please discuss. <laughs> uh, I, off the bat, I don't think it made it less romantic. I've never f- fallen in love twice, but I like to hope that you can if your uh, your great love dies. I hope for that. Mm, but yeah, I do think it might have been a better love story. A more interesting love story. The first but, one? What? The first one? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think the first one might have been a little better. But again, like you said with the like... A great writer can convince you of anything. I feel like Raquel's a great debater, and she was really into the first love. And I don't have any objections. So rather than feeling like this is truly where I'm at, I'm not sure if I'm just agreeing with Raquel because I'm weak. How about you, Manuel? It just seems like I don't know much about the first story. Like, it shows, like, small interactions of what they did. And then all of a sudden, like, knowing that he betrayed her. That's why it's good. That's why it's epic, because they don't spend time with the mess and the muck of falling in love. It's all implied. Yeah, but like, yeah. She just fell in love really quick with both characters, I guess. Yeah, she was surprisingly quick to love for such a stubborn character. I just, what they gave us of the past love... Even the betrayal, which was him not necessarily straight up betraying her, but doing what he could to keep her alive, but betraying what her wishes would have been, I guess, in the end. So still kind of a betrayal. But uh, I guess I just like, I connected so much more with that particular love story. It felt more authentic to me. I feel really bad about that because um, I do like... I. I will genuinely say, like, yes, you can absolutely fall in love twice. It was just hard for me when I was more invested in the love that wasn't the lasting love, I guess. It's, like, no shade, but I think the main leads in this didn't have the most chemistry we talked about. There was definitely love there, but was it, like, a fiery, passionate love story love, or was it more of a warm-hearted appreciation of another person. I think the second one, (laughs) a little bit. I do too. And that's fine. It was an interesting approach, but it felt like the first one, obviously it was much more high stakes and you just had so much less to work with that you believed their love story so much more quickly. Yeah. 
it's almost like there was more in the implication of their love than the actual showing us what was happening, whereas I felt like maybe the modern day love was too implied for how much time we had. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Cool. Yeah, I just wanted to check in with you guys on that cool, one. Yeah. <laughs> just bring us down right at the end. <laughs> yeah, right at the end, like finish it off with like, oh, did we how much did we love it? So how many how many men well bucks would we give this? <laughs> <laughs> the scale's out of ten, right? Ten out yeah. of ten man well bucks. Yeah, how many men wall bucks? would we give this <laughs> uh i would give it 10 perfect 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 show you couldn't be better couldn't be better uh i'd probably give it a 10 as well honestly i really 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 liked this it was a stunning show manuel the true holder I, the buck. Oh, man. <laughs> I think it was i think if i would have like not binge watched it i think i would have enjoyed it a lot more no the way i did with healer because with Healer, I feel like it was way more spread out, and I could kind of like re- like slowly digest each episode. While this one was just like one after another, and with any kind of series that you've been been watching, it's kind of hard to remember a lot of these small details, like the water ghost or, or water god. Yeah. But I did really enjoy watching it all, and I think it was definitely more emotional than Healer, and I, which like I liked a lot. So I'll give, I'll also give it a ten. Oh, thank God. <laughs> I really, like, I wouldn't have, I wouldn't be mad at you if you gave it a nine. Did you give it what was in your heart, or did you give it what our peer pressure looks were telling you to give it? No, I didn't really look at the camera or the video. <laughs> I'm good. I'm afraid we ruined it for you. No, but it's definitely. I think I'm gonna have to reflect to figure out if it was better than Healer or not. <laughs> I feel yeah, that. I love Healer more than almost anything in the world. <laughs> Which I totally get. Um, surprisingly, for such a fantasy nerd, I also tend to, in K-dramas, there's something for me about the ones that are about, like, espionage and intrigue and, like, like the political and legal ones that really get me. So, I can feel that. For me, it's crime dramas. I'm so excited. There's so many crime dramas coming up in 2020. I'm so excited. Give me those serial killers. (laughs) We gotta see more crime dramas. Um, for real though, yeah, I'm excited to watch more of those. But this was one of the best like uh, fantasy dramas that I've personally ever watched. So yes, yeah. for sure, ten out of ten. Two for two on dramas that were good that I've watched. <laughs> yeah, Manuel's watched two whole dramas, and both of them have gotten ten Manuel bucks. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> This is exciting. 30 whole Manuel bucks for you guys. Hotel Delena. <laughs> is that it? Do you have anything else to say? I don't. Anything from you, Manuel? Any closing thoughts on one of these, or on, on this final K-drama? That, I mean, you'll watch more, right? I'll, I'll watch. Yeah. I'm watching. <laughs> I'll watch more. Yeah. Um, I guess it, it was a little weird to get into at the beginning, because... I didn't really know what it was about. I just went into it, like rushed into it. And then I didn't, I thought the whole ghost house was, I didn't know that it was science, like, like. You skipped like the first 10 minutes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but like, this, like once I figured out what was going on, that it's like, you know, it's about ghosts and all that stuff, fantasy. It's, I'm like, okay, I know where this is going or like the direction that it's not going to be like healer. So it's going to be, I thought I kind of adjusted my mindset a little bit and I'm like, okay. Now that I know what it's about, it's going to be... I started kind of like... I started liking it more. Okay. 
But I didn't like the main character at the beginning until That's he fair. started shaping up. If anyone wants to talk more about this K-drama, we are always super happy to do so. Um, we have a lot of places that you can reach out to us and talk to us about K-dramas. We have our email. It's playonkpodcast at gmail.com. We love to hear from you. We love to talk to you more about uh, everything, and we will absolutely respond to your email if you send something in. Yeah, we also just started a Patreon, so you can go support us there and show us your love for the show and we're patreon.com slash playonk, but there's also a link on our website, which has all of our episodes that you can comment directly on, and you can sign up for our newsletter there, and you can sign up for our Patreon there. Uh, it's playonk.com. Yeah, for our Patreon subscribers, we have a Discord channel that you can hop on and talk to us about what's going on with the K-dramas. We can chat more about it there. Uh, I have big dreams that I talked about for the first time last week, and now I'm going to continue talking about them forever, where I think that one day we will be able to do, like, a live stream type thing. Like, maybe not stream straight through Discord, but, like, we all watch it together and talk about what's going on. I think that would be so fun. So cool. So, yeah, if you subscribe to our Patreon, you can get access to that Discord channel. Yeah. We are on Twitter. I've been using Twitter a lot. We are at PlayOnK. And if you listen, give us a hey. Tell us how many Manuel Bucks you would rate Hotel de Luna. (laughs) And we are on iTunes. If you hop over on iTunes and rate, review, and subscribe, uh, then it will show people that we're worth a listen and it would really help us out. And we'd super, super appreciate you. Yeah. If you give us five stars, we'll shout out your name on the podcast because we need your five stars. Yes. Uh, We're also on Spotify and lots of other podcast streaming services that I, they're all gone now. Like they were in my head (laughs) and now they're gone. Are we on Stitcher? We're on Stitcher. Yes. Okay. That's the only one I can think of. Um, Okay. Stick on Blueberry. Blueberry. Um, yeah, so go check us out wherever your favorite place to listen to podcasts are, and you can recommend us to your friends that maybe have different favorite places to listen to podcasts, because we're just all over the place. I almost forgot something that we do with every K-drama that uh, we didn't really mean to do, but it's like my favorite part is coming up with a spinoff, except they did it for us this time, guys, because the spinoff is the last thing they showed us at the end of the credits. Watch the end of the credits. That's our spinoff. That's our spinoff. That's our perfect dream spinoff. Yeah. Um, we didn't give awards in this show because I didn't see any nominees. Everyone was played too much of a part. Mm-hmm. Yep. There was a happy award winner, but that was already awarded. Yep. Can't beat the happy award. There was a good dog. There was a good boy that won the happy award, so. They already won. We'll start a new drama next week. Don't know what it is yet. Yeah, Manuel... Thank you for being here with us and chatting about this K-drama and watching it on a crazy schedule with us so that you could be here with us today. (laughs) Yeah, thank you so much. (laughs) It was definitely a lot of fun. Good. You're the best. Uh, Thanks to James Hevel, who created our theme song. We love it and we love you, James. We love it and we love you and we love you all for listening. We'll see you next week for another episode of Play on K. Okay, bye. Okay, bye.